0: Hello, Robbie. Hello again, Robbie.
1: Yeah. So
0: (laughs) here we go. Um,
2: uh, I attempted to cover in the text, so you
1: leave. (laughs) But
0: uh, well, it was interesting. So yeah, obviously, um. My plan is not to go live with any of this like formally until uh next Saturday. So until then sure. everything is um you know, fluid and waiting to see what we learn and every day looks different than a day before. Um yeah. the reason it's it's sort of real on Saturday is I have this uh podcast that I'm on, uh which you know we tell people uh, to look at my website if they're interested in uh what I'm doing. So there's some chance of some traffic from that. Uh-huh. um uh, but the the more interesting question for me is this uh this discussion we've had a few weeks ago about relating to Jesus as Lord versus relating to him as savior, and that's where I always have a little um, um i guess qualm might be too strong of a word, but it's close okay. about the phrase. Hearing and following
1: either.
0: Uh huh. that still sounds like that could be a servant rather than a son
1: or a friend. Okay. Just
0: curious, kind of where you are on that in terms of your own experience, and also then thinking about it in terms of phrasing of how we're pitching it to people.
1: Well uh, i i
2: i i am you know I'm only at, at this point looking at it uh well, let's see, so I have this experience of this phrase that Jesus mentions twice in the same chapter, which is fairly unique in the New Testament that I can think of. I can't think of another place where uh that that kind of phrase i mean in John fifteen he goes over and over about mm-hmm. remaining um so there's in another in place
0: is, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, and remain. That word, abide. It's very interesting if you look at the Greek word uh, "meno" through the variety of places where it shows up. Uh, when he sends them out to two by two to the villages and places, he says, "meno" or "abide in the home, in one home. Don't move around." Uh, it's an interesting word, but um, the, the but they in in John 10, the repetition hear and follow has increasingly felt impressed on me as we can't follow him if we're not hearing him if i'm if i'm making making assumptions trying to figure out what he wants it's like peter saying let us build tabernacles for you and moses and elijah uh we just get it wrong uh, because our intuitions are based in our experience and limited perspective instead of god's Uh, so uh to me, uh listening has become very, very foundational and significant in what I'm processing. And that may or may not be relevant huh? to others, but at least that's that's what I relate from.
0: Right. Well the thing is, is I think that that is actually really important. But I think uh-huh. it's not the only thing that's important. Right. And this the the goal of trying to make sure we are grappling with and inviting people into a holistic perspective of Jesus is very important
1: so, Yeah,
2: well, for me, hearing, you know, and it's also, this is affecting my relationships within my family, hearing them, I'm coming to pers- believe is more important than uh, assuming I know uh, that this is an important part of, a foundational part, so... Uh, any other priority if we haven't heard from Jesus what his priority for us is Then it seems to me we're coming to conclusions if we're coming to conclusions without hearing him uh, We shouldn't be too confident in those conclusions. So for me the the hearing is the is the gateway to finding out what else whether it's loving more like him or um, being the light on the hill, shining through our good works, you know, to glorify our Father in heaven, whatever it is, there are a lot of verses that people pick up out of scripture that, uh, they resonate with. Um, but I'm, I'm suspicious that those can be driven by our human reasoning as much as the Spirit of God. If listening isn't the process that got us there.
0: Okay. So I'm okay with listening being the first priority. Okay. okay. So one of my my, one of my statements, I always like this you want know, to keep first things first and second things second.
2: So there, when you talk, the word priority, though, has two meanings. One can be most mm-hmm. important, and the other is order of sequence. So yes. let's say I think I'm, I think I'm we're comfortable with
0: that. both. I'm, I'm comfortable with it being both. Uh, for of discussion.
2: I, I would only urge that it be the first in the sequence. Uh, and that it's Jesus who leads us to what is the priority that we focus on. Um, but, uh, you know, it may be that that ends up, that, that that remains because it has to be the first thing. It also becomes the most important thing continuing because He is the way. We don't know the way and we have to be hearing for Him to lead us out of the sheepfold.
0: I, you know, like I said, I'm willing to to concede all that. Uh, yep. But okay. the, the question is, is that what comes, what, what what comes next? And so the, um, it, it, it's hard of trying to make sure we capture the different dimensions of what's going on here, uh, which is where, like, one way of looking at it, so on the Lordship side, we have hearing and obeying, listening and uh, doing what Jesus commands. Okay. Those are, uh, those critical things. Yeah. Uh, and if you miss on either one of them, you'll do the other one badly. Um, uh-huh. But then on the other side, there's more the uh, the savior abiding and loving kind of thing. Uh, and the um, it feels like uh, it's important that we have both. If you have just one and you're missing the other, then something's
2: not uh confused. so somebody that I learned a lot about listening from is Jamie Winship, and uh mm-hmm. he 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 starts off actually with being honest with God that before okay. we uh can hear from God, we need to be honest with him or we need to be okay. uh ready to be and we need to be honest before we're before maybe he will trust us with truth before he'll speak um and maybe that's where the savior comes in is that when we're honest with god about where we are and how far we fall short and all that the confession side of things that opens the door for the hearing and listening it's not maybe uh, that's just a thought that came into my head as we were talking about this yeah, yeah, true I, I, to... I,
0: I, yeah, I've been using the word vulnerability for that.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: There's a sense of openness and even nakedness before Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, there is a interplay between vulnerability and listening. Yeah. Uh, that as we, uh, there's a romance going on in some sense, wooing, um, uh, if you want. Um, so there's that. And I think maybe that's an interesting uh, framing, uh, this idea of wooing, Uh that God wants to connect with us. Um, The the picture that I've been using, is this with you or somebody else? I was was talking about this idea of the the circuit, right? It's it's Mm -hmm. to be uh, plugged into the flow of love between God and all creation. Right. And that involves uh, it involves hearing and obeying. Uh, right? Those are both critical aspects of that. But that's not the ultimate goal. In the sense that uh, the ultimate goal is this: is to be in this intimate union with God and all creation. And hearing and obeying are critical steps towards enabling that. You know, cause the interesting thing, uh, if you want to put a, maybe thats overstating it, but I think it is uh, worth noting that in Revelations, when you see the elders and the angels worshiping before God, uh, they're not, I mean, yes, they are obeying him by worshiping. Um, but it's not what I tend to think of in terms of obedience here on earth. Right, is that they're just yeah. so overwhelmed by the reality and imminence of God that they naturally respond with uh, overflowing worship. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah. yeah, so I, th- I think there's a um from, from that perspective, and maybe this is just a heavenly perspective about you know that listening and obeying God is kind of a subset of experiencing and responding to god
2: so uh, these days i i lean much more heavily on the word following than um obeying although okay you know, obeying in the passage we use today sure. and so sure. comes mm-hmm. into it and you know throughout the movement world there's a lot of emphasis on obedience starting with George Patterson's obedience-oriented discipleship decades ago, but um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, for me, the 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 idea of follow is much more relational. Um, it requires it's you can't just pick uh, verses out of the scripture to obey. Uh, we have to actually be listening for commands like throw your net on the right side of the boat, or uh, you know whatever he might tell us to do that doesn't make rational sense to us or that we wouldn't arrive at just by studying scripture and applying reason. Um, but that's where the miracles and the abundant fruit uh, come in from my, in my current analysis. Um, but it's also, it, it's like the father uh leaving a child or, you know, the, become like children. Um, you don't, uh, you don't set the agenda you follow in relationship and uh go where jesus is going and he sets the priorities Um, and i uh, you know scripture gives us a lot of um, material from which to try and discern uh, what should be most important and next important but um, i have having spent 40 years reasoning from scripture to what i think is most important i'm in recovery On a personal level, and uh, not that you know, uh, not that that's better, but it's just where I am. That I want Jesus Mm -hmm. to guide me to what He wants, who He wants me to prioritize now, not to reach that conclusion by some other process than hearing His voice. Um, So that's, I think that's that's more a reflection of me than what should be universal. I don't know what should be anybody else but uh, that's 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 how I'm framing things for myself these days
0: right yeah I'm are, this is in the context of thinking about marketing marketing material the goal is to make sure that we one to see if we share a common understanding and two to see if we can uh, frame it phrase it in a way that has the best likelihood of communicating that understanding and yeah. you know, the I think i was talking about this before, you know, the the framing of follow uh has a number of connotations. Um Yep. Yeah. And the you know, this is why I've been putting the phrase Jesus lover rather than Jesus follower.
2: Yeah, um, I like that. I've been uh using that beginning to use
0: that. Okay, yeah, so that might be something we can uh, just as a, a thought experiment, um the other phrase that came to mind was respond. Um, uh, rather than follow. And at least for me, that has a connotation of, um, to me, follow uh, has a sense of kind of an arm's length, like you are walking and I'm coming along behind you, kind of a thing. Right,
1: right. Whereas
0: responding to me has more of a sense of interaction. And in particular, uh, follow for me really focuses on the external act of like walking along behind someone or following orders whereas one of the things that I you know maybe this is just where I'm at is that a lot of what I spend my time with Jesus around is uh, how am I feeling and how is he feeling and am I feeling what he's feeling which okay. I guess is a kind of following but it's more of a responding to yeah. an experience of Jesus. And I guess the question is, would you be willing to consider that experiencing and responding to Jesus includes hearing and following? Uh,
2: yeah, I think, you know, uh, particularly if we're, uh, uh, I i like to use biblical terminology, even though it's English rather than Greek. Uh, so it's not right. really a biblical language. But that's that's just for me at a personal reflective level, in terms of uh, communicating to an audience that we want to draw into something. If that's where you're asking about, Uh, I'm I'm happy with
0: that. Yeah, and to be be fair, it is also that uh, you know from from a Christian audience, using familiar biblical terminology is lower friction for them because they. Okay. Yeah. more you know, comfortable with it, but that is that cuts both ways, right? Is that means that they're comfortable with it in the context that they seen it used and applied? And, yeah.
2: And and I have you know I have used and and uh, the 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 idea of experiencing Jesus is something that mm-hmm. I've promoted and embraced uh, for a while. Mm. I think. Uh, yeah. And and, yeah. You know, was it black and who had
0: experiencing God?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that. Yeah, uh, that's but even thing. even yeah. more even more recently you know in recent years i've thought in terms of drawing people into experiencing god in a deeper way and experiencing and mm-hmm. responding i think that's a a good phrasing mm-hmm. and i think you're right it, it it can easily encompass the hearing and following as part of how we experience and and follow and uh respond to jesus and we can discuss and explore other uh ways that you might experience and follow jesus in that context so I, that's an umbrella i'm quite happy with
0: Okay, that's good to know thank you um last question is uh where are you at in terms of experiencing jesus as savior
2: um i think i lost track of that as a as a current topic in filing paperwork <clears throat> for the court i, haven't, <laughs> I don't i, don't oh, I guess
0: recall. i guess you experienced some you experienced some salvation there
2: yeah right well um, I I think I'm experiencing salvation from myself in the ways that I'm uh, be, becoming aware of my blind spots and uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: realizing that uh, sure. just being a new creation and feeling good about my motivations doesn't change years of value system establishment that wasn't rooted in the gospel, uh, rooted in broken family dynamics and, you know, wanting to keep peace around me. Uh, feeling anxious when there's tension and uh, all those things that shape my perception and perspective on what love is and looks like. Uh, so anyway, I, um, I think I'm experiencing uh, Jesus rescuing me from myself uh, as a, under the umbrella of salvation. Um, hmm. And uh, I don't, I, I I'm not, uh, I'll reflect more on, what this means to experience jesus as savior um uh, i I, maybe since we last talked i guess i'm more aware of my uh, feelings in the area of uh, relational skills and how i've created pain unknowingly and unintentionally but then so nevertheless Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Uh, and even in agreeing to uh, uh, coordinate a second time if that were to come about before really praying it through and uh being comfortable talking with my wife about it, I realize this, uh, my past sins catching up with me again. My patterns are still unbroken, so um,
0: yeah. now that I, I have to. And for the that, record, I I have to do the same thing. I just realized yeah, that this yeah. is becoming real enough, and especially if I'm asking people to sign up and pay, then I need right. to like prioritize doing this. And I need to make sure my wife is okay with me spending time on this. And uh, I think it is a right. appropriate investment. Uh, even more so, so since, if there's multiple time zones i need to juggle
2: right in some so since s- since i have uh you know removed my offer to do it now i feel comfortable talking with jackie when the you know we're in a good conversation uh bringing it up and seeing if she would support this or not and uh I could, without the pressure of having already agreed to it uh, so <laughs> that i can tell her i haven't agreed to do anything yet but
1: uh yeah,
0: and yeah. Yeah. he say, I, you, you, Ernie has thought Ernie has to do the same thing. It's like, okay, there feels like there's right. something here that is worth doing. we are still trying to figure out exactly what and whether this is either the right thing for us and our families uh, yeah. to be investing in because it, uh, and there's participating and then there's also being responsible, right? It's one thing to right. show up, it's another thing to say, yeah, I will be there and make sure. And, you right. know, God willing, right. after a few weeks, uh, if we disappeared, no one would really notice because they're so used to the rhythm of it. But certainly right, right. early on, if, and if it's going to be like TGR where we have a chat uh, that has unbounded emotional complications,
1: <laughs> that, yeah, uh, yeah, we
0: have to decide if we're really up for, and you know, make sure God's behind it.
2: On the one hand, I think you know dealing with those emotional things in TGR was very important and and educational, but uh, it felt like it derailed um, where the thing might have gone. So, uh, and I, I I would agree if I hear what I think I hear you saying, that, that we're hoping that that doesn't get a recurrence in the workshop.
0: Oh, I'm not sure if I'm hoping that. What I'm hoping is that this, the thing that is important for me is that, you know, one, we reduce a lot of variables. Like, this is the format. This is what we signed up for. There was a clear statement ahead of time. People are actually signed up to it, and it's only for seven weeks. So, mm-hmm. that, right. you know, that that reduces a lot of the confusion and stress. Um, yep. But the second thing that, you know, I'm hoping will happen is that we will really be focusing on Jesus yep. and that yep. the the goal would be to, uh, if we have problems, which I'm sure we will, uh, that we have this rhythm of, well, let's just, you know, maybe we call an audible and we change the scripture we're focusing on to really help us grapple with that. And then yep. we, we try to keep it like, you know, I don't have the answer. I don't expect you to have the answer. We all trust that Jesus has the answer. Right. And it is surprising yep. how difficult it is to get Christians to do that when they are under stress.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So we can build the muscle around that.
2: Yeah. So um, I, I did in my text. I said, you know, I'm, I'm open to this, and if, if Jaggy's agreeable, I'm still open to it. Uh, but I, I just, I, I'm, I feel. Um, uh, just like I wanted I would want clarification from you. Would you have confidence in me um, taking the the model that we agree on, and we could discuss it each week and give each other feedback on what we're learning? But to let me uh, in the fly flow of things be me rather than trying to be you, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And that's one reason I wanted to clarify these issues between us now to make sure we were on the same page. Um, yeah, okay. and I think we are, and then the second yeah. thing, is, of course, making sure that, uh, like once we put out something public to the audience that they're signing up on, we are, uh, you know, not that we at least have a common, reasonably clear understanding of what we are promising people so that we're delivering it. Like, I, I don't really care if it's what I would do or not. I just care if, it, right. if it's within the bounds of what people think they signed up for.
2: Yeah. And paid for. Yeah. Yeah. So the, another thing I've been thinking about is, you know, I know a lot of movement leaders who struggle with funding, um, and uh, uh, in, I mean there are a lot of believers that struggle with funding. And if this was something that they gain skill at and could do and make enough to be helpful without maybe being a full income, or maybe if they do it all the time, you know. It'd be, but uh if if the structure develops to where people who go through this workshop are then credentialed or qualified to do to repeat this and it's a self-sustaining scalable kind of thing that's a i think that'd be a, could could be a very significant renewing contribution to the north american body at least and maybe the global body
0: yeah it's it's a thing i mean the the thing about it is that because the barrier to entry is so low it is unlikely yep. to be a direct source of revenue. Um, uh-huh. You know, it, it's, the, it's the Uber problem, right? Because anyone with a car can drive, anyone can make money, and nobody can make very much.
2: Well, yeah, that's why so I mean, th- there are some missionaries for whom a few hundred dollars uh, a month would be a very significant thing. Um, and uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, obviously, it's not right?
0: Yeah, so uh, the income right, of somebody yeah, and, who's well, yeah, but not even that, but also the fact that, like, the whole point of this is it almost yep. doesn't really matter who is leading it. Right? It's yeah, yeah. not like a mastermind group where you want someone who's like uh, making a six figure right. income and, and is a status uh, symbol at the top because that kind of defeats yeah. the purpose. The more interesting thing for me is actually the other way around is that this uh-huh. is a fantastic way to build a community of people who share your hunger for pursuing Jesus in a certain way. Yeah. So the idea would be uh, that this would be the, the 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 top of the funnel, as they say. If you were to say, you uh-huh. know, hey, come walk with me as I'm exploring Jesus, and you build yeah. relationships and you join this network, and then once you have those relationships, you go, hey, um, you know, either um, like for example, it is, is was like, wow, what if there was something like this that you had with the missionaries you're already supporting, right? Where you're invested in their spiritual life. Uh, in this uh-huh. way, which is now possible, you know, barring time zones uh, in a way right. that wasn't possible five years ago. Uh, what yeah. if you group people together uh, where who you have this common passion for a problem or a challenge and uh-huh. you guys say together, okay, let us now invest in this thing. So yeah. uh, the, the idea is actually for this to be the thing that is cheap and easy um, yeah. in order to create a context for people to build relationships of trust around the cross. And then once you mm-hmm. have that level of trust, Then the sky's the limit. Yeah. Right. Because then you have um, uh, a sense of this is what Jesus wants us to do. And Mm -hmm. you can build. Now, uh, I also, you know, fantasize about turning this into a general platform for missional relationships, right? So that people could build, uh, you know, higher value services um, where people are supporting each other and then reducing the friction of that. Um, so, but it, it, I think the important economic dynamic is the whole point of this is that there is not a, uh, uh, a premium, uh, version there of is. this because the whole point of it is, is is to be as generic and fungible as possible. Yeah. Uh, like, so you, he, know, you know, the, 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 is that you don't want it to be like, oh, well, I want to be in the group with that guy, right. uh, because he's the great whatever. It's like, okay, this guy has the most sin, therefore he repents the best. That's the, uh, that's the main criteria yeah, yeah. for this, it's being right. a chief of sinners. And so, um, and I think that, you know, the, the price we settled on the $14, I actually feel really good about because in the West, it's not, re- it's like buying a book. Right. And, yeah. you know, and, uh, the, the goal is to, uh, like cover the cost, but really to use it as lead generation to build relationships. And right. then uh, I guess the main thing you get from hosting this is you get uh, the email addresses and phone numbers and uh, shared relationships with people who really trust you. And then mm-hmm. the question is, what can you build off of that? permission uh, oh, you... marketing is actually a really a, a big deal these days, I like sub-stack uh-huh. email lists. Uh, but doing that at a bidirectional level is a yeah. underutilized resource, I'm hoping. Uh-huh.
2: So uh, you're familiar with the perspectives course, maybe not having taken it. Of course, it, but you know it. Oh, well,
0: absolutely! I, was, I, I took it in, for, for credit was oh, in yeah. college, and I followed it ever since. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So um, we've I've la- much later had the thought uh, if the course was intentional about establishing an ongoing community of practice from those who wanted to continue, would have mm. far more lasting impact than just, you know, the 15 weeks and then you're on a mailing list or or whatever. Uh, So we might might consider and pray about how this could offer people um, a a continuing community. On the other hand, uh, I've said before that when energy has to go into building new relationships, that consumes a lot more resources than if you can... In part like this dynamic into exist a set of existing relationships, so
0: yeah
2: we can we can in, in think of this in terms of training people in skills and planting in them the idea that they can go back and do this with existing relationships um but another thought that occurs to me when uh, some places where they're trying to start movements. They'll go in and and offer a class to to get people engaged, but they'll try to gather groups into the class rather than individuals who are strangers so that they can work with groups in the class. So if, if even in this workshop we could draw... I've also been thinking in terms of discipling pairs. I've been on the verge whenever the dust settles from the court thing of inviting from my prayer team people that would like to start having a discipling relationship or a mentoring where i help them with multiplication principles um, but asking them to find somebody else who would like to learn with them so that they can have somebody that they already know to discuss and process what they're learning with and uh, maybe that's an idea we can even consider this in this to say in order to sign up you have to get somebody to sign up with you that's an idea to consider Um, but then that you see the benefit that that has for lasting impact because two have are better than one and uh, Jesus sent them out two by two and their various values and benefits to that my uh, another friend of mine there's another trainer in movement stuff up here who offers mentoring uh, and my friend who was seriously considering it said it was $35 a month. But uh, he said, you know, I really need—I would need somebody to go through it with me so I could process with them what I'm learning. And that, again, reflects that dynamic.
0: Okay. Uh, can I jump in here?
1: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Okay, yeah. So, yeah, uh, two things that's interesting. To your first point, it has always astonished me how appalling um, so the Christian community is fantastic at putting out events yeah. and generally sucks at anything that happens afterwards or between events. Okay. It is really astonishing to me just uh, how uh, how we'll have this massive conflict of these amazing encounters and then you never see those people ever again. Yep. And, you know, that we put all this money on Sunday morning and put you know, we, put, we spend dollars on Sunday morning and pennies on the rest of the week, uh, right. that you will have an amazing camp or mission experience with YWAM or InterVarsity, whatever, and then you graduate yep. and you're done. And it's like, right. this is such an appalling waste. And so one of the early yeah. visions of this was as just a tool for conferences to say, hey, during the conference, give everyone an account on this site where they can connect and network without sharing their personal information. And then uh-huh. they get a free, you know, one month, three months, one year, whatever, membership to this network. They can keep interacting uh-huh. and having those discussions and interactions. Um, right. So that's absolutely uh, part of the DNA of this, is trying to figure out how to enable those kinds of connections to things. Uh, the second thing is actually, but, you know, if you have a
2: platform. Well, I just want to raise the point at that point again, though. Uh, how many times? How many new relationships can you add to your life from each conference you attend, or each thing? Bringing new relationships into your life is not a problem most of us have. It's how to transform the relationships that we have and value and want to maintain.
0: So well, it depends uh, not, on what you're trying to do, right? Okay. So, like, why are you even going to the conference in the first place, right? Or the event? Uh-huh. Like, well. Usually in my, in my field, at least, the reason you go to a conference is because you have a thing you are trying to accomplish, whether okay. you're trying to break into a field, whether you're trying to grow a business, whatever. And relationships yeah. that are mission aligned are always okay. valuable, even if they're weak ties. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and even if yep. it's like, you know, and it's not like these are like long, purpo- these are, let's call them um, uh, purpose uh, purpose built relationships. Right like yep. you know, okay. I can always use uh, if you have the right trust level, like you know I been to a technical conference who is in a particular niche technical problem, it's like great, mm-hmm. you know, I only talk to them you know you know once every three years, but boy, when I meet right. them that one time, that's incredibly valuable, and then we'll like you know as if the problem still exists, then you know knowing the people who are working on that problem uh is really valuable so. There's that. Uh, the second thing is that often people are going through a phase transition, right? uh-huh. to a college. When you're going on YWAM, when you're going on mission trips, these are transformational right. experiences, and yep, yep. having people who are connected to that transformation is incredibly valuable because you're trying to create right. a different culture, a different set of values. Uh, so that, uh-huh. Yeah. So your average course, and you know, and, and uh, you know, it's true that maybe a lot of courses and experiences it doesn't really matter, but like I increasingly devalue those things. <laughs> Things that are not built around deeply transverse relationships should just be a stupid YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so so, so you did, you
2: you just went through the great uh, reset uh, and mm-hmm. developed a number of wonderful contacts, but you don't
1: mm-hmm.
2: have capacity for each of those to become an ongoing weekly relationship that consumes a portion of your time and continue to add more people. You have right. family so, that you
0: want to, yeah. yeah and, ahead. you know, even this is, it, so it's not always sustainable uh, to right. have deeply emotional encounters. But the uh, the goal is, that's why it's actually, one, it's goal cool to, to have a social community. Um, and it's also good to have epics. Like for this uh-huh. epic, if you're yeah. in this class, we're having a very intense, uh, focused, deliberate, intentional relationship. At the end of the weeks, you're still part of the community. We still have the connection. We still have that social capital. But we may or may not be investing directly in those relationships, and that's fine. Uh, So the the point is is but you're going to be able to maintain those connections, right? This is the power of LinkedIn, the power Mm -hmm. of weak links. familiar with that concept? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, actually, one of the things I discovered in LinkedIn is the most common Uh way people got a job was through a weak link. So it wasn't one of our oh, okay. close friends or somebody that was a regular but they went to school with someone five years ago and they have vaguely positive memories of them. And so uh-huh. when you apply to a job, they say, oh yeah, I remember this guy, he's a good guy, you should hire him. That makes a huge right. difference in the hiring process.
1: Uh-huh, okay.
0: Right, and so having a yeah, shared cultural sense. context, a shared history, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's, it's more yeah. just maintaining the the, um, the the archive of the relationship, you know, so that you can reawaken it when needed.
2: And I may be bad,
0: also
2: having I'm, yeah I may be you touch. right well, yeah, i I was just going to say, I may be badly out of touch with the extent to which other people lack that, because I have such a rich, global network of friends and contacts from all the years at the center and things I've done since yeah. then that uh I, I may be reading the situation very differently than the reality for most people. Yeah. So I'll, I'll accept. Like all that
0: I said, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's more interesting for people who are on the margin, right? If you're getting, entering or entering a new field or solving a new problem. Anyway, um, and then what was the I last just, point? Um, oh, the last point was about like I don't think I would want to make this. So The way I think about it actually is that this seven-week class is almost like the uh, the onboarding onto the network. This is just okay. trying to you know establish a basic set of norms and values of. This is what it looks like. This we mean by like following Jesus, yeah. you know, experiencing and responding to Jesus. And that's our baseline for what we're trying to do here. And then once you know it, then people can uh, you know, add mentoring classes or you can say, hey, uh-huh. now that you've gone through it once, now find someone in your circle and go through it with them. And then you two can go off and start a group, right? So it's not so yeah. much a, this, this is kind of the, the entry level easy thing. And then you yeah. can build these additional courses and mentoring on top of it. Maybe the platform will support it, so it's really easy to build and organize. And there's a huge, huge, untapped uh, uh, potential for, frankly, targeted advertising. If you actually yeah. have communities that care about the things of God, and mm-hmm. really trust each other, then you have something like referral. And so, you know, because you, you, you know, as well, like there's so many opportunities. But how do you know who to trust? And how do yeah. you know how people will work? And, and you know what LinkedIn does is they create this social uh, vetting of resumes. You can actually believe what people say. Right. Uh, you know, And that they actually did what they said. And it's like, imagine if we could create something analogous to that for people who are passionate about following Jesus. And right. where we actually aren't just being the uh, promotional materials of how awesome we are. <laughs> uh yep. doing these things but like these are the brokenness and pain and issues that we have struggled with and wrestled with together and see god deliver us from and it's like okay i know that this guy this is for some. i can see how they deal with it i can see who has seen them deal with it and i can talk to them about it um right. and transform you know as opposed to the you know the horrible horror stories we hear about church hopping of people who have various addictive behaviors um so, it, yeah anyway
2: well, so there's a thought running through my brain and maybe it's uh, maybe I didn't absorb everything you were saying because I'm I have this uh, <laughs> personality problem of thinking about what I'm going to say next. But uh, you may have heard this from me in the past. I'm not sure whether you've absorbed it and I'm not sure how to get get an acknowledgement that satisfactory. But globally, if we look at the spread of the of Christianity, when Christianity spreads through inviting people into a new set of relationships in the into the congregation um that is a, in is then competing with existing relationships it does not spread easily it creeps very slowly okay. but when the gospel enters existing relationships and transforms them in a way that's reproducible that spreads very rapidly and so that's mm-hmm. a, kind of a foundation here I, I somehow I need to get to a place where I see how this what we're doing is intentionally equipping and motivating people to practice this with their household, their family around dinner. That's what I'm doing now. Just this year. Yeah. We've begun to focus over each meal. How do we hear from Jesus? What is Jesus saying? What can we try to hear Jesus together better? And um if uh, so, and then, then there there are three or four contexts depending on how you break them out. First space is how, the people that you engage with, uh, where you live. Uh, the second is your work, uh, third, and you could also include where you study if you're in school. And the third space is the place of hobby or passion or interest. Um, so uh, a pastor I'm working with here in town actually started a network of cowboy churches for uh, ranchers and people that are just into cowboy kinds of things and they're passionate about shared things and they have an immediate bonding and it's a they they have a existing relationship or existing interest at least where they'd already be in contact with these kind of people but now the gospel is present and it's transforming things um so uh, if uh, i it's one thing to give people this experience uh, I want to I want to be intentional about going beyond giving them the experience to equipping and motivating them giving them competence and confidence that they can apply this they can do the same thing uh, with their existing relationships um, so if you want to feed that back to me in a way that either says you disagree on this point or you hear and understand and agree or and that's a later thing. Or um, What What do you hear out of what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, so I think the, the interesting thing to me, what I hear about, what I heard you say in my terminology is that a lot of what Christianity does is extractive. It says, yep. leave the context you are in, come into our context but enjoy what it means yep. to be a Christian with us. Yep. That's what it means come to be the a Christian yep right and uh yep. the alternative is uh incarnational and i i really loved uh the line from kate the biggest trick of most of the verse was, come on let's go
1: yeah yeah uh
0: let's leave the upper room and let's go and get killed uh, uh by the devil and be scattered by the world uh right because that's that, that that's where this gets real and yep. the idea is that uh the hope is that uh and i'm I'm working on a blog post for uh eric where i kind of talk about this uh and uh the phrase i I go back to is uh i need redemptive incarnation Mm -hmm. uh, inri from the cross and that so the philosophy overall is uh you know this is the uh uh the um You know, we start with praise and we end with mission, and then you go out in the world starting with mission and ending with praise. And this is, you know, really about, um, you know, what happens here is informed by and drives what happens out in the world in the relationships we care most about, uh, whatever those are. And so that's the intent and the attitude uh, that, and by trying to make it as lightweight as possible in terms of both finances and footprint, you know, uh-huh. you know, no, you don't have to drive anywhere. There's no building. It's like this is just the thing where you come and meet with the cross, and then go back out in the world, and so to try. And, so that's the the intent and the mindset we have. So that part, I think, we're aligned with. Um, so
2: I'm, I'm not. And, and, I'm not recognizing the same thought, although. I, so, um, do do we have? Uh, do you sense an intentionality? about equipping people to do this with their family in their household
0: okay all right so that was the first okay so, so the first one was that the like high level philosophy the goal of okay. incarnation rather than extraction okay Yeah. mechanistically yep. uh is i'm approaching it from a slightly different mindset okay and that this is not a top-down this is what you should be doing right. you should be going to your family first you should, like that top-down uh, uh, normative saying: this is what you're supposed to be doing, is not part of what uh, is, is not part of my philosophy. What I, uh-huh. the way I see that is much more of an emergent thing is that the goal is to build a platform uh, on the one hand where people can naturally start coalescing around interest groups and shared passions so that people who are in the same work or the same industry or you know the same company or the same neighborhood can easily find each other, okay. right? And so they can start taking ownership of things like that. And then
1: uh-huh.
0: the second thing is then um, allowing people to uh, exemplify certain behaviors. So it's not that you tell mm-hmm. them, well, it's really important that you do this with your family, but every week you're sharing um, you know praise of how you see God working in your family right, and how right. you know they hear how God is speaking to you about what is happening in your family, and that organically is an emergent thing that those mm-hmm. who are ready for this that God's spirit will speak to them so they do that and then they can start joining groups which are you know they they can find groups which are this is like you know I can certainly see like doing a story set uh I guess uh a, a curation is, is the word I've been playing with because I love the word curate, because it means both to collect resources and to cure souls. Yeah, Um, okay. okay. So uh, that someone is curating, uh, you know, ministering to your family. Uh And, you know, passages that have spoken to you about this and people who are really uh, hungry for that. So the the, 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 the kind of my bottom line is I want people who are hungry for Jesus, you know, Jesus lovers, right? That is the bottom line. If you're
1: hungry for Jesus,
0: then... You belong here, okay. Now, what you do with that and where you do that—that's up to you and the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to say, "Well, you really should be doing this," because it may not be the right time for that. Um, But I'm also going to, you know, will, you know, try to make sure the platform is optimized to uh, push people to do those things which are most relationally challenging.
1: So
0: I, which is why you and I,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I would I would love to have a a published one of our measures of success is that you finish this experience with uh, skill and confidence to uh, share to to um, practice it with some group you're already part of, whether it's your household or group at work or something. Well, there's two different things there.
0: There's two different there's two different things going on there, right? One is you have the confidence to practice it. Uh, the second thing is, do you have the relational capital to invite people uh, into that context? These are two very different things for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, and I don't want to conflate those two. But you know, so yeah, yeah. the, the, the confidence and practice is like, one of the goals, right, is that at the end of each session, like the only thing that the, the curate does is start the first session. Right. And at the end of it, they pick someone else to be the starter for the next session. Right. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and ideally that, you know, you go through it, that you have seven people, everyone's done the whole thing once. And, uh, at that point, you have, um, uh, you know, you, you you've already done it. And right. So then it's really just a question of um, are you willing to invite people and, you know, we will find out how hard it is and what if people want training or certification or whatever if they just do it. I have no idea how funky it needs to be or how much friction there is, but that's certainly the goal is that this is the sort of thing, well, dude, all this person did, is actually running the meetings is the easy part. The hard part is actually picking a time and saying, hey, let's do this and inviting people. That's the hard part.
1: Uh Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, I think think I'm feeling understood and I don't mean any pressure by this. I'm just communicating, you know, these are the things that uh i i'm stirred about um i think another another value is when once people start running their own groups then they get tremendous value out of meeting with others who are running groups to um uh, encourage each other to learn from each other's successes and failures Uh, one of the strongest movements i know in indonesia has 16 separate movements, each with a different leader, and then they learn from what each other is doing and they encourage each other and support each other. And uh very powerful dynamic. Uh so beyond the seven week I can imagine another structure that supports people who have been through that entry level as they're applying this in whatever context. Um and in, in general it's helpful for people to be involved with at least two such groups um, one where they are not feeling responsible, but they're being coached and encouraged and another where they feel responsible for, you know, what's, what's unfolding. But, uh, that yeah, goes, beyond so. it goes, it goes beyond what we're talking about for the seven
0: weeks. So, yeah, but no, but like I said, the, the goal of this is to onboard people onto this small social network and, right. that, and that becomes a platform to, uh, build all these other things
1: you know um
2: my family has the perspective that i was involved with a cult for uh these decades and, <laughs> and when when my uh when my i got my my dad and stepmom actually moved down to live with us in this cult and then we found out that they had assets and so we lured them into borrowing money from my mm. friends so we would have control of the situation this is the story you know it's developed over the years oh but uh yeah one of the doctor was very conscious of the fact that people thought this was a cult just because they met uh, weekdays for prayer yeah you know that's too often
0: um uh, (laughs) but
2: what he pointed out to us a number of times was that cults intentionally cut you off from family and he was very adamant that our first responsibility is to our family Uh, before God, you know, James, is is it James that mentions, uh, so, um, I, uh, I, I, I'm cautious about anything that is building relationships that become higher priority, um, or that Mm -hmm. feed the the tendency of people to, uh, put their family second, as I've done (laughs) now for, um, but, uh, so anyway, those are just things that are running through my head as I, Pray, pray yeah. with so Robbie,
0: I,
1: yeah.
0: And I feel like the best way for me to respond to that is to stop talking to you and go spend time with my family. And we will right, discuss what God would have us do next. All right?
1: All right. Bless you. Talk God to bless you later. You, Robbie.
0: Bye.